0: So, never gonna let her go. You better move on. You better move on. You better move on.
1: That's it for today's Ride on the Morning Train. We heard a track from the album done
0: by the Cuban guitarist Manuel Galban and Rai Cooter. Their album together was named Mambo Sin and that was 2002. We heard the track Monte Adentro. Dwayne Eddy gave us Hard Times from 1958. And you better move on was Arthur Alexander. It's time for me to move on. So thanks for listening and join me again next Friday at 10 a.m. here at mutinyradio.fm.
1: Until that time, this is J.D. Buell saying, make it a great day for someone. Weekly review. This is Roman. It's Friday, February 24th, 2017. We are live at Mutiny Radio here in the Mission District in San Francisco. Hope everyone has had a a good week, an okay week, a week where uh, some positive things happened. Hopefully, there's definitely, yeah. Oh, trigger warning, as I should say before every single show, as we should maybe say every morning as we get up, as we hear these sirens outside the studio. Trigger warning, we live in a police state. And actually, that looks like it was more of a fire, not a fire truck, but more of a fire uh, vehicle. So that was me jumping to conclusions. (sighs) Yeah, trigger warning, this is a news program. So we'll be talking a bit about violence in the world and what we can do to stop it, perhaps. And it's uh, feeling a bit low as I think a lot of folks are as well just given what's happening in the political sphere and also recognizing that a lot of things that have been happening now have been set in place for a while whether it's talking about deportations or talking about violence against marginalized people or police brutality these are things that didn't just start this past uh, January or this past November things have gotten worse I would say that seems to be like more and more things are being reported And it's also important, I think, to recognize that a lot of this has been happening for a very long time. So just wanted to put that out there. There are some news stories, and a theme of the show has been, for the past few years, people in positions of authority making life difficult for the rest of us. And the positive news stories that we share are people kind of standing up against that and people preventing worse things from happening. So hopefully we'll get to some stories like that today on the show. To be honest, I thought I'd be a little bit more awake. I've been up for a little bit, and I'm still feeling a little bit drowsy. I had some caffeine, and yeah, still feeling drowsy. So putting that out there, being honest, opened up the show with a song by Peter Tosh, Lessons in My Life. Yep. We can learn a lot of lessons. Lessons. That's my commentary on that. I attended an awesome workshop this past weekend, and I wanted to share some information about that. And it was sponsored by Poor Magazine, and folks can check out Poor Magazine online. You can also please support them with, uh, financially, uh, with donations, and again, that's P-O-O-R Magazine, so please look them up. They're an incredible resource, a lot of really incredible people. And this is, we talk about how do we change the system, and a lot of it is providing alternatives and being there for each other and not depending on the state. And they provided this really incredible workshop called uh, How Not to Call the Police uh, or Sheriffs or Use the Courts Ever workshop. And it was held at the Oakland Peace Center and it was really incredible and learned quite a bit. And they also provided a, a handout, which I have and I'm going to read from. So unfortunately, we've been... been—I I, Well, a lot of us have been brought up with this mentality, oh, if something goes wrong, we'll call the police. And then the police show up and they oftentimes make things worse. So, and I think a lot of folks would, if there are alternatives that we knew about, maybe people would, would would try out these alternatives. And so this is one workshop and one way of finding other ways to not rely on police. And I think most of the listeners here are of the opinion that we're not really tr- trust, we don't really trust the state. And of the, the same time, we need to create, the alternatives that we want to live in because I like the idea of, you know, burning things down, things that are really problematic living without them. And then what are we going to have in its place? What can we do to help each other and support each other and make sure everyone is safe in the meantime? So I really appreciated this workshop and all the folks who participated in it and uh, providing these alternatives. And a lot of it, it's, it, it is hard work. It's not, I'm sure if a lot of us could just snap our fingers or flick a switch And make things uh, easy or make sure everyone was safe and protected then a lot of us would do that if we had a very quick way of changing everything uh, we would do that and unfortunately it does require a lot of time and energy and work and it's not like anything where you you try it once and then suddenly things work you got to try things out a number of times and reach consensus and sometimes Things take a lot of time and a lot of effort. And I feel like in that was one thing they, they touched on in the workshop was this idea that we have been taught that we want an easy answer. And also, especially in situations of panic, there's this idea, oh, I'll, I'll call someone else to take care of it. Because if you're in a situation and you're scared or you're tense, or I should say we, not you, um, the idea, of course, is sometimes we don't necessarily act uh, rationally or we want to protect ourselves first and foremost or we don't necessarily look at the full picture or we feel like we don't have time to consider all the options and growing up in a country where we're brainwashed to bow down to the state to let this idea of law enforcement handle everything or to let government handle everything ends up leaving us with i think fewer options and it ends up punishing a lot of us and hurting a lot of us. And so the idea is to, of course, find ways to exist without that and to create alternatives. So I'm going to read from this uh, handout. And again, thank you to Poor Magazine. I'd love to have some folks um, from this organization on the show sometime soon. So we'll put that in the in the works. So folks, I really do uh, appreciate when folks can speak for themselves. And I, I hope to provide a space for that. So I also recognize that I am using their words and wanted to just make note of that. So this is from a handout 10, 11 or 12 things you can do to not ever call the police, CPS and APS. The beginning of a lifelong list created by poor magazine uh, and Prensa Pobre. And again, it's a poor magazine and Prensa Pobre. One, degentrify your individualized life. If your family of origin is safe and has space, go home. Explanation, if you have bought into the away nation cult of independence, as we call it at Poor Magazine, so rigorously drummed into your head from the time you leave the womb in capitalist AmeriClan, the system's telling you to move away from your language, parents, community of origin. Even if it is a safe and loving place, begin the long process to resist this capitalist notion of individualism and separation. Poor magazine offers people, school, seminar in decolonization and degentrification to help you with this. If your home, community, town of origin is not a safe place, work long and hard, and it is very hard to build a circle, to build your circle of support with your chosen family. Two, deracialize, decapitalize your worldview, shake all as much of the white supremacy notions of clean spaces defined by corporate worldviews of cleanliness. Out of the deep recesses of your mind in other words if you see an unhoused person sitting on the sidewalk on your street please realize this isn't something to automatically pathologize be scared of consider to be dangerous look into your heart and subconscious and think back when you got that message similarly if you are a non-black person of color or white person deconstruct your own tendencies to feel unsafe at the sight of a black or melanin rich person 3. Begin meditating with a mantra. 911 doesn't mean help, support or safety and replace it with 911 means possible death and create a phone tree, or phone text list with your support networks of chosen family, friends, caregivers, peoples you trust, who are willing and able to come through. 4. Research. Become involved in groups like Critical Resistance, ATPT, and resources like Concern, which is a mental health crisis, and other anti-police terror work. Five. Cop watch. Anytime you can, stand by and watch. Report and call in as many people as possible whenever you see anyone being stopped, frisked, questioned, harassed by the paid murderers. Six. Teach your families, elders, communities about the myth, myth of 911, de-racialization and decolonization, and the ideas you learned here today. Seven, unfund adult protection services. Stop calling APS except when elder abuse by eviction is happening. Take care of your elders and your community, even if it takes time. Capitalism and death and criminalization takes time. Eight, unfund child protect- protection services. Stop calling CPS, because it attacks poor families of color, and educate yourself in the trans-substantive era of cross-cultural differences. Stop pathologizing poverty, houselessness, and cultural differences. If you are a teacher, educator, or counselor, work with restoration models instead of separation models. Nine, how not to call the cops ever. And I should also note that they spell cops KKK OPS in this handout. So Read How Not to Call the Cops Ever, and stay tuned to the upcoming release of Poverty Scholarship, a people's textbook, Poor People-Led Theory, Art, Words, and Tears Across Mama Earth. Ten, support poor, indigenous, and POC-led movements like Sogorea Te Land Trust, Community Ready Corps, Homefulness, the Idris Stelly Foundation, and education and support models outside of nonprofit industrial complex models of safety 11 support become involved in mediation clinics like Berkeley Seeds and or get trained in mediator skills 12 learn about community reparations african peoples and indigenous peoples land reclamation and reparation movements and become an active re- Reparator, Land and Hoarded Resources Redistributor. And more about this from movements like Homefulness. Thirteen, and they have a list here of resources. One is the Black Disability Youth Coalition in Chicago. And one is Critical Resistance. One is the Anti-Police Terror Project. Next is Community Ready Corps, and that's C-O-R-P-S. And next is Poor Magazine, which you can check out at poormagazine.org. And then they have uh, just different questions here listed on uh, just questions to think about from the workshop. So again, they're going to be offering this soon, and I'll also be providing that information when that happens again. And I'd really like some folks to come on the show, so I will do my best to make that happen so uh, folks can speak firsthand about the, the work they're doing. And I'm super appreciative. And again, it's super important that we find ways to live outside the system and not to rely on the system, which continues to harm us. A lot of us, and I'm sure a lot of folks have seen the footage uh, from a few days ago. There is an off-duty police officer in Anaheim, California, who ended up harassing and uh, physically assaulting a a 13-year-old, and a couple of people got this on tape, and a few of this person's, the, the, the child, this youth, uh, his friends were there, and... So there's an off-duty officer who pulled out a gun. He ended up shooting. Thankfully, he didn't shoot anybody. Um, so the cops were called, of course. And then the cops ended up arresting two of the children. So that's the thing when we talk about police. And it's not just this this one bad apple. It's the whole system. If the police were honestly there to help people, they would have come in, seen that this adult had been harming children, and he would have been taken care of. And instead, they end up arresting the victims. They end up arresting the children. And this happens sometimes also in domestic violence situations. This, ha- this happens when folks are ha- having a mental health crisis and the police are called in and they don't know how to handle it and or end up sometimes harming or killing people. So again, it's this is an ongoing thing. And of course, this is also, we're we only hear about it because people were there to tape it, to document it. And this has been happening for a very long time. It's nothing new so people ended up rioting or maybe rioting isn't the correct wording I should use. I apologize. Uh, People were protesting and they went to the police officer's house. And that's one thing that uh, he did it outside his house. So his information was leaked. And also they knew where where this happened and people were blocking the streets. People tagged his house, people smashed his car. And that's what's what happens when you attack a minor. So sending lots of love and solidarity to the folks in Anaheim and how, traumatizing is that as a child as anyone to be attacked by someone and the in the video we see that this kid is saying please just let me go let me go and his comrades are there and they're trying to like help get him released from this this adult and the adults just hang this is like hanging on to this kid like not letting go like how disgusting is that Ugh, really gross so oh wanting to put that out there and there seems to be, a, a, every day, there is this, reports of this. And now there's also, uh, there are, there's talks of hiring more law enforcement, because we really need more law enforcement. We don't need more teachers or more artists or more doctors or nurses or scientists. No. Gotta, gotta hire more law enforcement, because people aren't already you know, repressed enough. So that's disgusting and also very uh, frightening. There have been reports of a flight, a domestic flight from SFO to JFK. I think some of us have flown that way, uh, and they were there was a, on the other end. I believe there was a before people were I believe I believe deboarding the plane, officers were asking to check people's ID because they were looking for someone who was undocumented. So they went through every single fucking person on the plane looking to check their information. And of course, people have the right to say, no, I, you don't have the right to do this. And that's a really scary thing because this cannot become normalized. It's not okay. I personally am far more afraid of white supremacists who are documented than anyone who's undocumented. I've never been threatened by anyone who's undocumented. And living in a world where people want to pass laws about which bathroom I can or cannot go to, uh, people who want to take away health insurance, people who want to invest in pipelines, I feel like that's a direct threat to me. And these seem to be a lot of uh, white folks who are documented. So they're the real terrors here. And when we also look at people who shoot up <sighs> mosques and churches and and theaters. These are all, you know, these are like <laughs> white men. So, if we're going to talk about terrorism in this in this country, we really need to focus on who's causing the terror, and also who's sponsoring the terror, who's spinning lies and myths about uh, who we should be afraid of. The people in positions of power are the ones who are dangerous. <sighs> so, that's where I was going to go with that. I found a site last night called Cop Blaster. Is it copblaster.com or copblaster.org? It's interesting. And they have lists of... Dangerous police officers, and there's a lot of them. So I wanted to put that resource out there. I hadn't seen that before, and just to recognize that uh, there's our, a lot of folks doing the work to hold law enforcement officers accountable. My question is, what do we what do we do about this? How do we fight back? Especially given that so many police are militarized, they have tanks and guns, and riot gear, and they come in with their their masks and all these weapons. And then, of course, we have to talk about Standing Rock. And these fucking hired people who go in and have arrested people and assaulted people, also these oil companies, the energy companies, can make a profit while destroying the earth. And again, we've talked before, uh, uh, Pam Talley, who came out on the show last year, was mentioning that this idea with the, with the pipelines, it's not a matter of if the pipelines will leak, it's a matter of when. There has been numerous leaks from these pipelines that harm the earth, harm the water supply. It's greed and it's disgusting. And then on top of that, there's the, the cost of harming humans who refuse to let this happen and people who want to protect their land, people who have been here, indigenous folks, and people who have been here for centuries wanting to protect their land. And again, we see it. We see people wanting to make profit, and not caring about the consequences of the earth and of humanity. And they go in and they hire people, they hire militant forces to go in to make sure that they can make that money. And it's disgusting. So I'm wondering what, what are the solutions? How do we fight back against militarized forces when, when we don't necessarily have the same resources? And, uh, I don't know. At times in my life, I've identified as a pacifist. And right now, and I think for a while now, it it doesn't seem like it's in an ideal world, in an ideal situation. If people listened, that would be great. And I I don't think if these folks don't have, there's that great saying by Stokely Carmichael, nonviolence only works when your enemy has a conscience. And right now we're seeing people are not listening to reason. They're attacking unarmed people. So how do we how do we fight back? How do we move beyond that? And especially with the ICE agents coming in and terrorizing people. We've already heard about a suicide of a person who was deported to Mexico and the the town he was deported to is a place he had been living before where there's a lot of violence and he committed suicide. We heard about a woman who was in a hospital being treated for a brain tumor and she was removed from that hospital because she was undocumented. Who is this helping? is the thing. And a lot of us know this isn't fucking helping anyone, it's making things worse and it's harming people. So how do we stop it? How do we come together and resist and how do we stop it? That's the question. (sighs) I'm going to take a bit of a music break. We have a caller, uh, Melissa Gutierrez, calling in around 1230 and we'll be hopefully talking about some good ways to, to fight back. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and we'll be back in about five minutes or so. And here's a song that came into my mind this morning uh, by Lou Reed: uh, Busload of Faith.
2: That you want to buy You can't depend on a lot of things You need a busload of faith to get by What? Busload of faith to get by 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 You can't depend on no miracle can't depend on the air you can't depend on a wise man you can't find them cause they're not there You can't depend on cruelty a Crudity of thought and sound You can't depend on the worst always happening You need a busload of faith to get by ha! A busload of faith to get by was load of beat to give i was load of beat to give i was load of beat to give i
1: Hello, and welcome back to the Weekly Review. I'm joined here by Melissa Gutierrez. Melissa, thank you so much for calling in.
3: Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, we've had some really good talks uh, recently, and uh, I thought it'd be great if we could talk more on the on the air and share that with the listeners.
4: Yeah,
3: I agree. I think that'd be a great idea. Um, I wanted to thank you because I feel like the conversations we have are the conversations that I wish we're more general and out there in the public and I feel like we're starting it. Yeah. So I appreciate you starting it and making it an actual thing that people do and hopefully making a habit.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I mm-hmm. feel, I mean, one thing we've talked about is how to, for folks who are aware of what's happening in the world and how to perhaps get folks involved who maybe want to help and aren't quite sure where to start with that and how we how we can help the folks who their their intention is there, but are just not quite sure where to, where to go with that.
3: Okay, um, yeah. I mean, everybody who's ever been active has started there. Yeah. Everybody has started exactly there, like just wondering, well, what can I do? Um, it's extremely simple. Um, it looks like it's complex because it's on TV, it's far away, and it's a bunch of people who are already shown up, but it's so simple. Um, All you do is, um, and it's simple now with social media especially, it's not like back in the day when I was starting. Um, Yeah, and if you'd like to talk about that too, go for it. Okay. Yeah. So um, with like recent ones, like it's so easy now to just um, Google something, look it up on Facebook, um, search different groups affiliated with the cause you're interested in, and they usually always post somebody, some contact information. and. When I say simple, I mean it's really just people-to-people contact. Like, when you talk to people at the gas station, when you call your cousin, it's just so simple. They're regular people. You just um, message them, call them. They're probably going to be busy, may not get back to you, especially if they're struggling for um, um, for um, basically staff. So everybody's usually wearing 10 different hats at least. Yeah. So um, be persistent. And then... Um, One thing you can also do if you're not getting in contact with people, just show up. Um, It's really so simple because people who have a common goal and they're um, understaffed and there's a lot of constant change and ongoing conversation, they love it. If you just show up and say, hey, can I help somehow? Yeah, And they'll be like, yes.
1: Absolutely. Yes, yes,
4: yes.
3: So, yeah, just simply, like, contact a person, email, whatever you have to contact them, and um, show up. Yeah. And that's exactly how you learn. You just show up because I'll tell you, there aren't many books out there. There's not, like, um, a lot of information out there. The world of activism seems really kind of exotic, like radical people do it. And it's frankly not because all throughout history, every person alive at some point in their History, whether their own lives, their grandparents, their children, they will have a call to activism because something will happen to them. Yes. And they will have to do something about it because for some reason they won't have the backup they expected.
1: Right, right.
3: So everybody gets involved at some point for some reason. So it's really just regular people. It's not out there. It's, it's just you. It's your community. Yeah. It's everyone. Yeah. yeah it's simple. to to get started. Absolutely. Not hard.
1: Yeah, so how did you you get started?
3: Well, um, you know, for me, actually, it's a little bit easier because my grandmother was a social worker, Mm
1: -hmm.
3: and um, my whole family's in public education. Yeah. So when I was a little girl, um, we were always going to different community events for support of whatever we needed, and the people that we were supporting were usually... um, um, disenfranchised people because um, when I was little, um, um, I would go to work with my grandmother and I would meet like all of her clients and all of her people, and she would get me involved in fundraisers and community centers. So it was kind of a way of life for me growing up. Yeah. And I just thought that that's, um, I thought that was normal, actually. <laughs> so,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And,
3: and um, what's nice is that everyone, there's just great people because. You know, even though they're regular people and the regular people are just normal, um, when people get together for a common cause that is outside of themselves, it really brings out a community spirit. Yes. And that influences each other's behavior toward each other. And, um, and it's nice to bring children around, to bring families around, and I found it to be a very um, nurturing environment of, um, of acceptance and empowerment for whoever wants to speak. And Because um, that's one thing I learned, too. Once you felt disenfranchisement, you care about others who go through that. Yeah. Even if it's not your own kind.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And perhaps that's kind of what's happening right now, that we're seeing a divide. In it. And I was talking with some friends last night, and there's this idea of folks who still just don't quite get how uh, the situations right now are so feel so dangerous for a lot of people. And some folks don't quite recognize that.
3: Okay, my opinion on that is um, a lot of the media coverage.
1: Yeah, yeah.
3: Because I've gone to these different protests that that look super um, sketchy. Like, when you watch it, if you're just a person who's not interested in drama, it, it looks so dramatic and violent and chaotic. Yeah. And, like, you'll be pulled into something you didn't sign up for.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, but I've, I've been to, like, all these different ones that look like that. And... Um, Frankly, dude, that's just the tip of the iceberg. They're not covering all the other activities.
1: Right. Meanwhile,
3: right. that's going on. There's also um, group storytelling. I kid you not. There's puppetry. There are families having picnics, doing little workshops for children's education, yeah. like about fairness. Yeah. There's um, lots of families, lots of young people, and they're doing artwork. They're doing like they're they're doing craft work. Um, a lot of people bring their religious backgrounds to the thing, to the protests. They bring their cultural backgrounds and they make symbols for themselves symbols that keep the spirit going for um, resistance, for um, basically not backing down when, when you're cornered because you get so tired, but you know what the alternative is. And the alternative is not rest, the alternative is occupation.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: So you can't. Fool yourself into thinking it'd be so easy just to stop and you have to keep going. So people make artwork. Yeah. There's a lot going on. And there's, I mean, if you have old people and, and babies there, you know there's like a world going on that's so outside of the chaos. Yes. You see on TV.
1: Yeah, definitely. And
3: I don't, I wish that were covered. Yes. I wish story time was covered. I wish puppets, puppet shows were covered. I wish um, cute little kids' marches on the side were covered. Yeah. Why, I wish that were all covered.
1: Yeah. Well, I feel but it's like,
3: not because it's not that interesting, I guess. Yeah, I don't know, but it's it's actually true, and it would be nice for people to know that they can do that,
1: right? <laughs> and I feel like also the media is complicit, and they have something to gain from getting high ratings and from you know side you know being on the same side as a lot of these politicians and a lot of the the fear mongers. They they they're just working together in tandem.
3: There, there's um, media working. With the special interests that are doing the occupation and the oppression, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. And there are also um, well-meaning activists who are also influenced by the mentality of media, the way it works, and they're trying to get attention for their cause, but they don't realize they're perpetuating the same machine that's Mm. pigeonholing their cause.
1: Yes, yeah. That's a good point. So
3: you don't get a lot of well-rounded coverage. You just, it's not there. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. I love these conversations because I feel like if people talked about these things, then journalists would know people are interested in those puppet shows. People are interested in the acrobats doing, like, little resistance dances. Yes. You know? Yeah. People are interested in in the old people who who are trying to, like, share some wisdom people are interested in all that but it does but there's a disconnect there's not a bridge between the media the people on the ground and the people watching yeah
1: absolutely so i think part of it mm-hmm. is you know us creating our own media for instance and getting the word out as yeah. as we are able and I think that's definitely changed the dialogue a lot in terms of police brutality, for instance, with just having actual accurate footage of what's happened. Uh, something that you that cannot be contested when you have the actual footage of what's happening as opposed to a, a phony narrative.
3: And I am so glad you bring that up because in all the things I've been mentioning about what's not covered, that's another thing that's not covered. In all these protests also is extreme brutality yeah. that shocks me, lies. Um, like straight out vicious attacks and I'm like why is this not shown and when I was a younger person and I started I think that was most shocking to me because um, I came from my activist background like I said with my family came from um, community helpers people who are legit community helpers who like policemen right well social workers work with policemen and like they're part of the people who like serve the community so I thought this was like serving the community to, to join what the people have to say. I didn't expect to be treated like, um, I don't know, like I was aiming a gun at someone.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And I was like, I what? And it was very obvious this was population control Yeah. without without provocation of threat, like bodily threat, like, like peace – so what i'm talking about um this one time i was at a protest and i was a green person green meaning like you wear an armband that's green and it, and it signals to the um police that you intend on just doing total peaceful protesting no, no direct action so you're not yeah. going to do anything to property or um you're not going to cause any kind of riot you're not interested in that yeah and it's just you let them know so that they can know to leave you alone and who to focus on right it's like a i think of it as like a nice communication Mm -hmm. Like a working together kind of a thing. Yeah. And at this particular protest, they told all the green people go down in this direction um, because we're gonna fire rubber bullets on the red band and the arm band and the black armband people. And we were like, okay, you know. So we did. And what they actually did was they put us all down this. It's like dead end alley. It wasn't exactly a dead end. There was a a turn on the right side, but it's like really narrow and sharp. And at the end of the alley was a cliff. There's a total like cliff. So all these people Uh. were just totally gathered in there. And it's a down um, downward sloping hill. And they shot tear gas canisters at us. One hit me in the leg. And when I looked down on it, it turned and shot me in the. Uh, and at the same time, the helicopter above is dropping pepper spray on us. Fuck. So I was totally blinded, couldn't breathe, running down a hill, and people pulled me over. I don't know who they were, and then they poured like stuff on me, gave me water, and you know we recovered. But I was like, well, that's not nice.
4: I, I do <laughs> <said. laughs>
1: at the very that was least my first
3: experience. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, and it was never covered. But but all the one all the protesters who were like in a tear gas cloud throwing stuff I'm like okay so that's covered yeah but like what you and like but to me that was like an agreed upon communication they were like yes we understand you're doing direct action you understand your consequences let's go at it and you know and the ones who are like I got to get back to I got to get back to class tomorrow I don't have time to get arrested I just want to do a peaceful protest yeah you know like total innocent people. And and they actually hurt the innocent ones. So to me that was crossing a line. Not the black armband guys or the red armband guys. And what they were an agreed upon action.
1: And can I ask what the what were the red armband and the black armband? What did those represent for people who chose to win those? So
3: um, they're just degrees of action. Mm -hmm. So green means like no direct action. Direct Think of it as like I will directly act upon the property and um, perhaps individuals, but you know, not like target people and beat them up. But like um, I will go up to the police line, I will tear down the wall or the gate or the fence or something like that. So like that would be the the like um, extreme end of direct action. so that would be like the black armband band guys. And there was a whole group of guys um, who—and I love them because they helped me. They were totally in black, totally anonymous-looking. Uh-huh. Um, this was back in 99, 1999. Okay. Um, and, um, and I was soaking in tear gas, just soaking. And, and it was burning. Ugh. And— um, And I just started, I I just started taking my stuff off. I was like panicking and they surrounded me. These are, these are like big dudes, you know, like normally you're as a girl, you're a little bit like, don't be around me when I'm changing. But I was, I was panicking and they all surrounded me with their backs to me and blocked me and gave me, um, privacy. Mm. I'm like, I love you. Yeah. And, um, and, um, and I thought of them as very brave. Um because they were protecting me and they were willing to do the things I certainly wasn't willing to do. They were I thought of them as giving up their time. They're like, I will give up my days in jail for like my belief in this. Yeah. And they never harmed a person. Yeah. So I don't yeah. I don't find any I respect them.
1: Yeah, same. As green
3: as I am because I am not willing to give up my time. I need to go back to work. I don't have time to get arrested. I can't get arrested for my certain kind of job that I have. I respect them for doing the things that I cannot
4: do, yeah. and they
3: are willing to do things to protect me. Yes. So yeah. I love them. Yeah. Anyway, so those guys are willing to do things like tear down a fence or something.
4: Yeah. And the yeah. red
3: is like in the middle. Um, they are more like I will be present around you when you're shooting us, but I'm not going to go tear down the property. I see. Yeah. So it's like middle.
1: Okay. Right on. And um, what was this? And what was this action for in particular?
3: This was the um, it's been so long. free trade area of the Americas, and mm-hmm. um, this is to protest that, the FTAA, and, um, and I think it was in 99, and um, it might have been in a year later, in Quebec, Canada.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. Interesting.
3: Yeah. Huh. Um, something super strange. Um, um, I went with my school. With with a bunch of people from my school, mm-hmm. and we we're all women. It was a very um, girl dominated school. <clears throat> we we're all women, and um, um, when we when we were there, they they like dropped something on us, and everybody spontaneously menstruated. What? Yeah, it was Whoa. super weird.
1: Whoa! It
3: was super weird. We didn't like say it at the time. Like holy okay, shit! You know, we didn't know until like the next until like later that night and the next day. Because it was also one of these, like, far away protests where we were all living together. We were staying there for about, I don't remember how many days we were there, but we were living in um, Canada, is so cool, um, a public school donated their gymnasium for us to sleep in. Oh, right on. <laughs> totally not what happened in America. Mm-hmm. But in Canada, a school donated their gymnasium for all the protesters to sleep in. Wow. And um, so, in, like, you know, spending the night and talking, everybody was having a lot of pain because it was, like, a really horrible... Um, cramping menstruation thing wow. and when we went back to school I um, actually like gave them a medicine to help with that to regulate it mm. I'm thinking it was a hormone I'm thinking a birth control pill or something some kind of hormone but I didn't take it I didn't follow through I didn't really care Yeah. but that was strange and like strange strange things they can do that that would never get reported you would just be called insane or something
1: right right you know wow oh my gosh
3: I also work with military families. That's why stuff like that doesn't seem insane to me. I know the military does all kinds of really cool stuff that they use against people. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, that's another conversation. Yeah. Uh, So there's a lot that doesn't get shown and I can see why the world would just think, Oh, protesters seem like radical crazy people who do harm because you don't see what actually happens to them. You don't see the variety of action going on at a protest. Yeah. And you don't see. um,
1: I feel like. You
3: don't see anything. Yeah. One little viewpoint. Right.
1: I feel like they don't focus on the camaraderie either. Like, I've had some. I've been in some protests and some actions where it just. I feel so loved and, like, just so, like, a part of something larger than myself. And, you know, even being around people I've never met before, we're all there for the same reason, and it's beautiful. And it's difficult to convey that.
3: Yes. In fact, that was one of the the reasons I would always try to get people to go with me, not because I was like, we got to stop something. I was like, I really want you to know what this feels like. It was like that. It was like, I really want you to know what it feels like to be in a group of people where they have one focal point of something they care about and it brings out love There's yes just so much yes. camaraderie like you said it's it's a unique thing and i miss protests sometimes not because i miss like the fighting spirit i miss the loving spirit
1: yeah not yeah.
3: something you just find that's something that you have to create with a lot of people and come together on agreed upon time where everybody puts that as a priority that doesn't happen yeah but that happens at protests
1: yeah yeah, and that's the thing is that I mean, unfortunately, not everyone is able to to be there in person. You know, for a variety of reasons, certainly, and I think part of it is just because a lot of folks either if they have to be at work, and I mean, with capitalism, unfortunately, people are under certain circumstances have to be in a certain place or don't have the the leisure to, I guess, to to show up or to, or people have certain responsibilities and. It, it and it works against it works against us cuz i imagine if everyone who is able or everyone who really wanted to be there could come to protests it would just the the numbers would be huge it would be just this uh, an enormous amount of people and since people not everyone is able to come then it, it sometimes feels a lot smaller than it it should be
3: yeah well um i don't know if you know what i do i do behavior analysis um and and when i was in college, I studied economics, and I know the, and now I understand the same reasons because I wanted to understand why things are are the way they are. Like, what is the behavior behind it? And you know, all these years studying this stuff um, and just analyzing it, in my opinion, that's exactly the mechanism used to um, control all of us and keep our interests suppressed. The workday, the yes. workday yes. is um, designed to be, and it's like a, it's. Um, Um, And the infrastructure is designed so that you are all day long kept away from your loved ones, your preferred friends, yes, um, your home, the plant life if you have any in your home, yeah, nature, yeah. It's designed to keep you isolated from earth and people and relationships, and to foster um, um, superficial interaction. And then when you do get to come together, what you have experienced in the day is what? Mm. All about earning money and now how to spend money. Yeah. So the entire system is designed to keep us separate and obsessed with something that is actually our chain. Our our chain to their prison.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Nobody actually has to agree to any of it. But we do because it's 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 hard when you're a mammal. Frankly, yep. we're just animals, and it's really hard. It's really hard to like go against all your instincts. Yeah. Um, because they're really good. Um, I recommend you know you should watch um, Century of the Self.
1: Okay, I've heard that. It's a BBC
3: documentary, and mm-hmm. it's about um, basically like our whole consumer culture and economy was um, um, was designed by a behaviorist. Mm.
4: <laughs> Mm.
3: Roman, my field is super strange, man. There's been so much corruption in it. That's why ethics is like most of what we have to pass in order to get certified now. Mm. But it was a behaviorist. Edward Bernays, who um, after World War II, he, um, he created the um, Office of Public Relations because he knew that the word propaganda, which they used during the war, was not going um, to go well with people. So they called it public relations and um, they use Hollywood to sell you on um, idealization so that you're always dissatisfied with yourself and those people from Hollywood, the whole Hollywood machine is there to like um, basically create a consumer who will purchase things and the, cons- the purchasing of everything that is like they sell to us that we use to like live and get through our day, even just hygiene, even mm-hmm. food, just the things to exist. Yeah, it's just another form of feudalism. Yes, it's just another form of what was in Europe before, and this is just a way to keep us thinking. Oh, it's our own idea. That way, we don't have a revolution.
1: Yeah, yeah.
3: It's a it's just a different color of the same old empire system. Yep. So yeah, it is designed to keep us together, to keep us apart. I mean.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Huh. Well, we are it's together true. and apart at the same time.
3: <laughs> that's what's beautiful about protests, is that we come together conscientiously to decide we will not be apart.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes.
3: Like, we will—that sounds common sense. Like, anytime you're together, it's so that you won't be apart. But I'm saying specifically to resist them trying to tear you apart.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, goodness. That, that's a yeah. lot of food for thought.
3: So I really urge people all the time to go to them because, um, and it doesn't have to, you know, just go to simple ones. People don't realize that um, activism is also just community events. It's just people coming together and deciding we're going to talk to each other and decide how our community is and fix um, stuff we don't like. Yeah. That's activism. Yes, yes. And to me, that's even bolder activism because it's really fun to go to these, like, you know, highlighted, sensational protests. But it's really boring to get involved in your community. just mm. like your own little neighborhood. It's boring. So people who do that, to me, are the people who are like the seeders. They're, they're planting seeds. Yes. They're, they're activists.
1: Yes. Oh, yeah, definitely. And providing alternatives so we don't have to rely on the state. We don't have to continue functioning as we have been functioning.
3: Yeah. Exactly. That's where it, all that happens. The change doesn't really happen... Um, at the point where you show up to get mad. The change happens in little conversations all year long with the people you share a space with and following through on those conversations. And that that seems like a pain in the butt because, you know, it's like adding something extra to your day, but not really. You know, how much time do you spend doing like bullshit on right? Netflix?
1: Right right
3: dude i get addicted i do and Same. i'm aware i'm like i could actually be making phone calls right now yeah and then i have to like stop myself you Yeah, know? but i mean it takes some discipline yeah um but it's one of those things like anything once you do it it's like easy especially right. because it's people yes so once you start talking to them you know you kind of keep talking to them
1: yeah and they they do say that the the opposite of addiction is connection so i yes. try to That's remember that too yeah
3: good points very good, oh God! I love that you said that' cause that's I just really care about addiction, so I love that you said that because that's a very very, very good point
1: yeah, yeah, we're definitely we're sold on addictions here, whether it's just watching stuff online or through food or drink or sex or anything else that a lot of us end up devoting a lot of time and energy to in order to maybe avoid what else is happening or other ways we can change what's happening,
3: yeah. I was just thinking about how many people are probably having increases in relapses because with the climate of the politics, yeah. society right now. Oh, yeah. like they can't even just—they feel threatened just reaching out.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And there's always going to be a bar open, I guess. In some cities, you know, some areas are dry, but for the most part, alcohol has always been very readily available to a lot of folks. And it's, it's a shame that that's this one substance as opposed to other, other things that might be a little bit healthier that folks can use.
3: No, I think about um, opioids because so many people in my family are on them. And, um, and even them, they they're, they're just get, their tolerance gets so high. And they don't, um, they don't really abuse emotionally at all. But it's easy for them to pass pills around. Mm. Anybody, I mean, they they just float out there with everybody with their pain problems out there in the world. Yeah, and those prescriptions everywhere—it's easy to just pass them around. Yes, and it's not to me. I mean, people know about that, but it's also one of those undercover things—not not undercover, but covert things like alcohol. It looks normal. Yes, it looks normal. It looks like everyone has it. Everyone does it. Everyone passes a beer. Everyone passes a pill. So it's one of those things that is easy to just you know fall into a cycle with. Or not a cycle I mean like a downward slope.
1: With. Yeah, and because it's legal, so, it's yeah, it's seen maybe
4: as. Maybe like, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, I was
1: gonna say. Oh, with 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 pills, for instance, and and pharmaceuticals, they're seen as. Le- I mean, they're thought of as legal, and the the pharmaceutical companies can get away with murder, literally, um, mm-hmm. because they are in. The, you know, they've got lobbyists, and it's again, it's about greed, and it's not really caring about fixing any uh, problems.
3: Right. It's, I mean, think about it. In a consumer economy. We are a consumer economy. So would it make sense that their incentive is to make you not purchase their product?
1: Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, Most medicines, I mean, yeah.
3: <laughs> there's
1: no money in the cure.
3: No. <laughs> so, I know. Um, so this comes back to the whole idea of getting involved in your community again, like you said, connection. And I feel like with um, with trusting the media, and it, it becomes it becomes um, people create a relation, have relationships now with their electronics. They yes. go to that for information yep. instead of asking yes. each other. Yes, they go to yes. that for entertainment yeah. instead of calling a friend for a hangout. Yes, um, they go to that for um, you know all the stuff out there for like um, self help stuff. They go to that instead of going outside. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, people... Finding a reason to get together (laughs) makes you recreate what so much of the world has lost and which was so much a part of our genetic engineering and being a part of this planet which is engaging with the actual world. And we get involved with each other. Even if we have a reason to get involved with each other, take it, get involved with the community. I mean... I know it's like extra stuff to do in a day, but really, once you start it, you'll realize this is a happier day.
1: Absolutely. And I feel so much better. I think there's also that idea with the invent of texting and how we communicate, again, more electronically um, without speaking to one another, for instance, or seeing people in person and how there's this false sense of connection when we communicate online. And of course, that's helpful if people don't live close to one another, yet there still seems to be less... We like I miss like the nuance and then the, the tonality and what we get when we actually hear someone's voice, for instance, as opposed to seeing words exchanged back and forth.
3: And also that I think makes us further divide because then we it becomes easier for us to fill in those gaps where the nuances are missing. We yes. Fill it in for ourselves and our head.
1: Yes. So yes. we kind
3: of just don't really we actually don't even gain from that person. We just take their bits of data and we just reinforce our own beliefs again. So it's very easy to dismiss somebody and say, well, no, you just don't understand instead of actually thinking, instead of what happens when you talk to somebody where you might be getting enlightened to their perspective and you're like, oh, I can see that.
1: Yeah, yeah, and you can so hear it's it. It's
3: easier just to divide the world right. and dismiss it.
1: And you can hear in people's voices too, like, oh, this person feels sad or they're angry or they're, they're happy as opposed to, yeah, as you mentioned, you know, like putting in our own perceptions as to how they are as opposed to actually seeing them as they are.
3: Mm-hmm. I remember one time it was funny. I was having a panic attack and I texted, um, no, I don't want to know. It scares me. And the person, and when I looked back, the person like said it again. i was like, what are you doing? I said I was panicking. And they said, oh, I didn't realize. And I looked at the text. I'm like, yeah, because it doesn't look like that. If you said it in person, you would get, oh, this person's freaked out for some reason. But in text, it just looks like casual.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely.
3: <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, we shouldn't, like, console each other through text for a panic attack, probably. <laughs> that was hilarious. But it's a good example of the absurdity of thinking that you can actually know what's going on with another person through mere text.
1: Yes, yes.
3: This is why for business, I, me and other business people, they, um, they make it a policy they do not text for business. Mm. because of the miscommunication that happens, it's it's so detrimental.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. In business,
3: they don't even allow it.
1: Mm-hmm. That makes sense.
3: So why would we allow it for the most precious relationships we have?
1: Yep. That is a good question.
3: If people who love money wouldn't allow it, why would we allow it if we love each other?
1: Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: That is some food for thought. Again. Yeah. <laughs> Lots to think about as I I appreciate being able to to speak with folks and having, yeah, having an ongoing dialogue too, as opposed to writing something and then having to wait for someone's response and so on and so forth.
3: And I feel like people also, they're just not interested in reading things that are lengthy. They just want sensational tidbits. Yes. If they can hear, multi-sensory, if they can hear, (laughs) it's much more engaging and they feel like they're a part of it. Yeah. I love these conversations. I just love what you do. I really oh. do. I'm so. I just love that you have public conversations where you invite people to join. Oh, and you have important that's... conversations that are lacking in our community.
1: Oh well, thank you for that. I appreciate that, and that's what it, it's what the, one of the goals here is certainly to provide a, a space for that, because I feel like it's definitely it's missing. And I yeah. appreciate appreciate your input and your experience and learning so much. I always feel like every week um, here, I learn so much speaking with people. And being able to educate one another is so crucial to our ongoing evolution. and yes. And trying to find solutions and, and commonalities, because I feel like there's a lot of questions. And then when we try to answer the questions, we, we come up with more questions, too. And so just speaking about it and hearing, honestly, what people have been through, too, is also just... Uh I, I end up feeling a lot closer to to people, so and recognizing the universality of our experiences.
3: You know this what you're saying reminds me of something um that I wanted to bring up about to get involved. yeah, just literally contact or show up or both. But what you're saying reminded me also that I wanted to point out what to do once you get there.
1: Yeah, yeah.
3: So we talked about just showing up, right, and saying, "Can I help you?" Yeah um. Yes, that's that's it, but um, but a little bit more. So what you're saying reminded me, um, there's a there's a bit of a proactivity that should happen on your part. Seek out um, the different circles. Mm. Talk to the different people because whoever you just show up and talk to may be just one side of what's yes. going on. Yeah. And normally at any protest, there's going to be many views. Yes. And that's why we're there to. To encourage many views yes yeah so talk to many circles and find where you fit in also seek out um, um, I would say like when you get involved in like um community support kind of activism like Standing Rock is going on right now or the different um, oil pipelines protests going on around the country right now yeah seek out elders yes when you show up seek out elders Right away, find out what's going on, because when you're going to support somebody, you're really there as a servant. You're not there to make a show for yourself. You're not there to, like, um, I don't know, do some kind of vision you had of what a protest is. What what you're there is to, like, support. So, um, yes, you're finding out how to support by talking to the many people, but you need to talk to the people who are most affected. Yeah. And who is most—you can find that out quickly by going to the elders to and find out what's important to them, because you're really their guest.
1: Yeah, that's a great point.
3: Yeah, so act like a guest. Yes, act yes, like a guest. So there's yeah. nothing, there's nothing too humble for you. Right. Um, work in the bathroom. Work in the kitchen. Wherever it's needed. And when people are going to tell you they need help, where it's needed. It's probably going to be a lot of work. Yeah. So just do it happily because realize if that wasn't done, nothing could get done. Absolutely. So what you're doing is you're, you're the spine, you know, you're doing backbone work. So be proud of that work. Yeah. You know, it's okay. It's, it's, it's good. Yes. It's, it's what, it's the foundation work. Yeah. And so it's necessary. So show up and do the foundation work if that's what they want. But seek out elders, seek out all the different circles. And so basically go with a consulting heart. So yeah. you know, with the heart that you're going to consult and you're going to serve. Yeah. If you're going to support community activism, yeah. yeah. And same thing, I think, with the bigger protests that are just ideology based, where everybody's doing their own thing. We were talking about all the variety going on. Well, those are mm-hmm. all the different circles. Go and explore all the different circles. Yeah. Um. If you If you isolate yourself, um, you can end up, um, accidentally. Acting like an occupier.
1: Mm, yes.
3: Because if you don't get everybody's input and you kind of just go off your, your own ideas or instincts, your own impulses, you may not know you're carrying ideas with you that are informed by false media. Yeah. You, you may not know that. Right. And you also don't know necessarily the culture you're walking in on. So yes. if you think about being a traveler, you already know you're probably going to do things that might be offensive. So yep. you want to be extra yes. cautious. Yes. To like fit in where you are.
1: Yes. Yeah, absolutely. The
3: traveler ethic.
1: Yeah, and that brings up the idea of like co option, which I feel I kind of see a lot of and I'm also aware of my own with my own behavior when I'm in different rallies, depending on what the rally or the action is for and who is presenting it. And I feel sometimes there's this idea of folks wanting to come in with their own idea of what it needs and this and it kind of just goes against yeah, it, it goes against that idea of really supporting the people who are already there, and I think a lot of it does, as you're saying. You need to, folks. It's helpful to go in and to to listen, as opposed to going in with one's own agenda as to what how to transform what's already happening. Yes, especially um, for like first timers. Right.
3: I'm
1: sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. It's just especially for like for first timers or people who are new to the whole. I, mean, I guess it's for everyone, though. Really, go ahead.
3: Um, not for all sorry, I'm sorry. Uh. No, that's okay, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, um, Yeah, it's okay, so I think when people think of protesting, what they get from TV and stuff is it looks very, very active. Like, I'm going to go and raise my fist and, and yell, right? Mm-hmm. But what we said, that's just a small part of what's going on. So when you find your circles and talk to different people and seek out the people most affected and hear their voices and find out how you can serve, it's actually a lot less glorious and a lot more just hard work. It's yeah. a lot more just simply serving someone. If you've ever had like a sick relative and you show up at their house and cook them dinner because you're supporting them, it's kind of like that you're helping. You're you're nursing a community of people who are very busy and are fighting for something that's hurting them. Yeah. So they usually don't need you to say anything. Right. They're the ones who are saying something. They really don't need you yes. to say anything. But yeah. they really could use your help in the kitchen. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Because
3: huh. it's their time to be heard.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: So kind of think of it like you're a helper. You're not, like, a glory fighter. You're not a knight. You're not, <laughs>
1: you <know>? <laughs> Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's
3: like your friend broke her leg, and, like, she literally can't handle, like, her whole household and her kids, and you got to go babysit or something, because you're just supporting her efforts right now.
1: hmm
3: It's simple. It's help.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
3: And you got to go with the helping spirit, not like, um, a lot of people, I think, go because they're they got some adrenaline in them and it looks like fun and they want to go they want to go like fight the bad guy. Yes. Well, yeah. You know, I mean a lot of fighting the bad guy is fighting like with humility and love and camaraderie. Well, those are very peaceful things.
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's
3: a lot of love, you know. Yeah,
1: <laughs> definitely. And it's providing alternatives so the bad guys end up being totally pointless or like ceasing to exist if If they're unable to, if no one, I'm trying to think of the best way to to phrase this, I to think of like with the idea of police officers. And if no one calls the police officers, eventually, if no one wants to fund police officers or folks who work for the state in order to oppress people, then if we provide alternatives, then eventually that position ideally would cease to exist.
3: Right. So, um, yes, some energy is is put into going up and, like, saying no to their faces, right? Yeah. But a lot of energy should be put into community development, which is conversations, coming up with strategies for how we can sustain each other.
1: Right, right. Yeah. How
3: can we give each other power to our voices when normally we don't? Because we just let some foreign guy who's, like, somebody we don't know who's in a special special building somewhere deciding our lives for us and if we don't agree he's gonna kill us and jail us yeah and take us you know i mean really our energy could be spent developing ourselves so yes yeah so a lot of action is companionship conversation and developing these alternative strategies and that's what you do when you show up at a protest a lot of too yeah. that's like that's like ninety-nine point nine percent of it. That's how small the the um, the radical-looking stuff is.
1: Yeah. Huh. Wow. Wow.
3: I will say there's different kinds depending on terrain. Mm-hmm. So, like, um, if you go to like an urban protest, um, like in a downtown area, um, it's hard to have like all that artwork, sideshow conversation, conference stuff because they want to keep you moving. So people can't set up along the city. Yeah. So they keep you moving along. So that forms it into a, pro, a march format. Yeah. Um, so then um, that may be different. But even in that where I've been to, there is a lot going on because when they're moving, they're not moving the entire time. Yeah. When they're moving... They're actually moving a very little bit. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. You spend all day, and you've gone, like, two blocks. Yep, yep. Man, you better have the right <laughs> weather gear, I'm telling you, because a sunny day in Manhattan looks warm, but it may be 16 degrees. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I, yeah, I got hypothermia at a protest one time. That was terrible. Um, so, So, when you're in these terrains, there's still a lot of stopping. There's, like, 45 minutes here, two hours here, and in that time— they have a lot going on and that's when a lot of stuff is going on so it doesn't look like we have acrobats or something like it may have made it sound it doesn't look so artsy like that like the one in Quebec Mm what you know this one this one for example was um, um, the World Economic Forum in Manhattan one year and um, so everybody's Stopping and doing all of their stuff at that time. Now, it's not craft work, but it's different conversation work. There's different factions of people doing different ideas. They're have, they're or, they are still organizing and communicating, even if they're waiting around. So there's stuff going on, and very little of it is like confrontation with the police.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Very little. That's just so, so little of it.
1: Right, right. Um, yeah, I thinking... One of my
3: favorite parts of protests is food. Yeah. Because there's always food not bombs people there. So they walk around with like boxes of like vegan food, and I know that sounds like gross to some people, but dude, Not when me. you're like out all day, <laughs> yeah, and it's delicious, yes, you feel like me, it is good. And what's best is that somebody made it out of love for you, and it's free, and they just do it because it's nice, and that always makes it taste better.
1: Right, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. So they
3: just feed you. I'm like, where where are those people? At? I want another sandwich. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean that really is that idea of communities taking care of one another.
3: Yes. Yeah. So even then, you know, even in the urban places where it's not easy to have side stuff set up, there's a lot going on.
1: Yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Sorry. You know,
3: even your activism could be showing up and passing around um, those um, hand and foot warmers.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. You pass that
3: around, you've done a big deal.
1: Absolutely.
3: You're like, I only have time on my lunch break mm-hmm. to get involved in anything. Right. I'm going to pass out hand and toe warmers.
1: Right. Yeah, making sure people are warm enough and people are fed. It all, everything adds up.
3: And the thing with hypothermia, too, is that it's one of those things where if you're just, like, stubborn, like like I was so stubborn, you're just like, I'm cold, but whatever. And eventually you just, like, get more and more numb, and you stop realizing how cold you are, and then you just stop thinking. Mm-hmm. And then you just kind of go in a very dangerous, like... <laughs> It's, it's just so, it's easy. It's easy to get. And so, if it's a cold day and you know people are out there for a cause, pass out warm things. Yeah. And you've done a big job. Yeah. Even in Quebec, the people who, like, lived there, that was an urban setting. Um, it was downtown Quebec. And um, and um, what the people who lived in those, like, lofts and condos were doing is they were letting the protesters use their bathrooms.
1: Mm. Mm-hmm.
3: Those people were our heroes.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. The
3: bathrooms. And they let us use them. And we could, like, clean off the tear gas. You know, we could, like, wash up a little bit. And I was like, I love you right now so much. And I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that apartment, the layout of it, um, the, the two guys who were there. I'll never forget it because of how grateful I was. That was, like, so many years ago. That was just a bathroom use.
1: But yeah. I'll never forget it. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Because of what it did for me. Yeah.
3: I'll never forget those guys. Yeah. And all they did was let us use their bathroom. Mm
4: hmm. They'll
3: never, I don't know if they know what that did for someone who's caked in chemicals that are burning you when you follow direction. Right. And there's nowhere for you to go right. to get clean or go to the bathroom.
1: Right, right.
3: Yeah. I love those guys. Oh. I'm being emotional.
1: No, emotional is great. <laughs> We're human beings. We're supposed to be emotional. It's society okay. that tells us we shouldn't be. <laughs> So, That's nice. I love that. Thank I mean, you. I feel if humans were allowed, and I guess we are allowed, so it's I guess what we allow ourselves to be. Certainly, this idea of to express our emotions instead of stuffing them down or turning to substances or whatever, XYZ to run away from how we're feeling, things would be a lot different. I think it's because we've run away from our emotions, whether it's anger or fear or sadness, that things are the way they are.
3: I agree then, you know, in that spirit, I'd like to say that really hurt my feelings. And I'd like people to know that there are protesters out there who are, like, really, really nice people who just, like, wanted to go communicate something, and and, and they get hurt, and they don't deserve it. And protests are not a bunch of mean people who don't respect anybody. There's a lot of good people. They're everybody. They're just the people who aren't you, because you didn't get affected this time. But yeah. they're just everybody, Right. and they don't deserve that kind of treatment from the state, especially when it's their full-blown right to be there.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. Yeah, I think people don't quite understand the hurt that people go through or just live with it on a daily basis. I mean, living, you know, through colonization and living under white supremacy and it's a date just to exist on a daily basis causes so much harm and there's yes, not... Yes, it does. yeah. There's not a lot of places for folks to, to speak about it or to be honest about it. And when folks do sometimes, then it rubs people the wrong way, and then people are silenced.
3: Yeah. Kind of like me right now. You know, all these years I'm just like, I don't know. I have more things to worry about than to like worry about how much that hurt my feelings What they did. And that was so many years ago, but, you know, talking about it, it really did hurt my feelings because it was a violent thing against my body, and it hurt. Yeah. And I just did I did what I was supposed to do. And I never thought of myself as somebody who's like the enemy of the state. I thought of myself as a communicator to the state because like I said I grew up with a social working grandma, public school teachers, yeah, um, cop neighbors. Like I mean, in San Antonio, you know, it's a really Mexican town. It's mostly Mexican, we're Mexican. Like it's cops are cooler here than like other cities I've lived in. Mm-hmm. So I didn't come with I didn't present myself with this idea that I'm here to fight you yeah I presented myself with the idea like well this is how people this this is my understanding of how the community is supposed to talk to um the officials like when when other avenues haven't worked like you are allowed this avenue mm-hmm. so I thought okay well this is how we go talk to each other and I know I know some people are gonna do it in more intense ways but like this is what I'm doing and you know I am because I put my green on band on
1: yeah <laughs> yeah
3: you know, so, so that really did hurt my feelings, and I don't want I to appreciate it. Yeah. And I didn't deserve that.
1: Yeah. you know? It hurts my feelings, and, too, hearing about it. I'm fucking livid.
3: Oh, thank you. It, it feels nice that you're livid a little bit. It makes me feel like someone's protecting me a little bit.
1: <laughs> I mean, ugh. It's,
3: yeah, it, that hurt. Um,
1: it's disgusting. On the
3: other hand, since then, I've been to so many protests that when I smell tear gas, I actually get a little happy. Because it's been associated with, like, great times for me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow.
3: For real, it's associated with um, being with, it's the best times, being with such great people and um, such good-hearted people. And I'm like, where are y'all from? I feel like when I walk around in the world, I don't feel like they're all there. And I feel like they just come out of the woodwork. Yeah. And they're just there. Yeah. So when I smell tear gas, I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Probably not the uh, the inspiration that the the police were, were thinking about, but sure enough, yeah, you know right? we, we make it what it what it means for us,
4: <laughs>
1: huh? <laughs> I like that though. It's like we we turn into we turn these situations into our own our own experiences, and our we have our own relations to what happens to us.
3: Yeah. And, and, you know, it would be nice if people could, like, have these experiences and associations instead of, like, oh, what I saw on TV. Yes. You know?
1: Yes. Mine
3: are just the opposite. My, my memories and my experiences are just, like, I don't know. they things I would take my children to.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm always grateful when I see youth at and, and elder, elderly folks at Actions. And there is something yeah. about being there in person as opposed to... T- activism online and i think there's a there's definitely a place for sharing actual information online and sharing articles and and re- news sources and also recognizing that not everyone is physically able to be there in person and when i've just the, the difference for me personally has been when for instance uh, being in dc like pre inauguration and trying to ugh, grossness and you know shut it, shutting it wanting to shut it down and everyone who is there gathered in the streets the feeling the energy of being there versus the energy of being alone in my room sharing an article feels a lot different. And not that there's, and it's just, there was something where I felt a lot more brave being around other people in a way, or I just felt more, I don't know if it was more protected or I felt more like I was, it's, it's difficult for me to articulate just the... Affirmation? Yeah, maybe more affirmation and it felt more active or more like I was doing more maybe and again I don't want to compare because I recognize that not everyone can be there in person Um, so I don't want to discount actions that folks take when they're not there in person I'm just thinking about from my own personal experience how best to convey that because there's a lot of different ways that people can participate
3: right I think I think you gotta look at like the quality and what is quality for you Mm -hmm. like um um I don't work as much as other people, right? So for me, quality involvement for me would be going somewhere because I can. Um, when I was working all the time, and the earthquakes in Nepal happened, and I have a lot of friends over there, mm-hmm. um, I can't go over there. I mean, first of all, like the airport wouldn't even accept you. So um, um, I gave them money, yeah, and my U.S. dollar for their Nepali rupee meant a lot, and. And we have these like stronger solidified relationships and like we're always going to be connected now because of like what I was able to do for their family not only their family but their village yeah so I mean um I wasn't there one iota that happened I was able I literally like did that action in probably a two minute time span
1: Mm. like logging
3: into Western Union and filling it out yeah two minutes of action was like a lifetime of meaning
1: yeah so
3: um if, say, um, you know, my mother can't go places because she's got all these physical disabilities. Mm-hmm. But if she can share information on her Facebook page, yeah. she's done something. Yeah, absolutely. How many people do I share information with? They're like, I didn't know that. Exactly. Like, I'm like, but I don't get it. Why don't you know? Because I'm like, I, I just I'm connected to a lot of different things that have stuff I'm interested in. Yes, and yes. And they're like, no, we just don't know. So really, it is not out there. It's not out there. So yeah. just sharing on Facebook is something. Yeah. If you feel like you can do more and that's not enough, then that's probably true. Mm-hmm. Then do something else, and it doesn't have to be physical. Right. It right. can be maybe I make a daily phone call. Yes. To a politician. Yeah. And that takes one minute. Yeah. But it's so much. Yeah. It means so much. So look for like yeah the quality of and you know I think each person knows the quality of what they do what they contribute.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: But you can find it. It's it doesn't have to be big big um, ex- exerting things. You don't have to go somewhere either. Yes. You can, or you don't have
1: to. Yeah.
3: In fact, they don't want you if you're a liability. Yeah. So like when my knee wasn't well, it, cause I hurt my knee and I couldn't walk for a, like that well for a couple years, mm-hmm. you know, me going to something that like, um, isn't a tough terrain, that's a lot of work. They don't want me. Mm-hmm. They could use, like um donations yeah they could use my phone calls to politicians yes but they yes. don't want somebody that they have to like divert their focus away from their efforts for and like help me with my knee yeah yeah <laughs> um i'm just saying um they would but it's just an example
1: right right yeah thank yeah. you for bringing that up Because i think there's also ableism plays a part too uh, it's just something that's also not, not spoken about too often. I mean, in certain circles, perhaps it is, but as far as the activism goes and just in the world in general, there's so many ways that folks are discriminated against and discounted. So I appreciate that this was uh, brought up in terms of how folks can participate.
3: Yeah, I agree. I agree. When when I was kind of like... Um, like I was disabled and then semi-disabled and then my mom to, and just, like, having that kind of life, it turns out, like, the world isn't really set up for you at all. Yeah. Like, not even bathrooms. Yes, yes. not even bathrooms. Yeah. So, um, the world is not set up for you, and you have to become, you have to, you have to, like, now focus and be creative and find ways that you can be involved in an environment that's not set up for you. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, it, it, it is left on us to... Find those ways. And it can be disheartening if you don't have connection with other people in similar boats.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, people who also know about living with pain and how to get around and how to be a member of your community. Yeah. Even if, like, you can't go places. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so nice with the online world now. You know, it was rough. It wasn't easy protesting before there was, like, the online world. I didn't even get my first email account, so I don't know. Shoot. It's almost done with college, I think. Oh, okay. <laughs> I <don't
1: laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: But,
3: so, yeah, um, it's easier now for people to stay in contact with the community, and they'll find they can do a lot. You can do a lot. Even if you don't have a computer. hmm You can still do a lot with your phone.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Not even a
3: smartphone. Yeah. People don't realize there's still power in calling folks.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: For sure. Huh, cool. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for for speaking. Uh it's uh I always feel so much better after we talk. Uh always, always, I do always. Too. It's oh, thank yeah. You. It's um uh yeah. <laughs> I feel like a pile <laughs> of mush. Um but just yeah, it's uh.
3: Thank you so much, Roman. I love I love talking to you. Oh. It's always nice. I'm so glad we've known each other for so long. Yeah, same and here. I love what you do with your radio show, and thank you for having me. Oh,
1: thank you for sharing what you've shared and for continuing to do the work that you do.
3: Well, thank you. Yeah. yeah.
1: Is, there, um, is there anything uh, further that you'd like to share?
3: I just want to leave people with the final thought that um, um, getting involved in action is extremely simple, and it's really fun, and there's a lot of love and community and, and great stuff it's, it's so little of it it's what on the media and and um it it makes a happy life it really is easy and i encourage people to make it a part of their their living their experiences in just daily life just be a part of people be a part of be a part of your community i just really encourage it
1: awesome thank you so much thank you uh, you're uh, welcome yeah well let's uh let's chat soon and uh thanks so much for calling
3: Okay,
1: we'll do. All right. Have a take good day. Care. You too. Bye. Bye bye. All right. Big thank you to Melissa Gutierrez for calling in. Ah, lots of great information and ideas. Ah mm, the day is better already. So thank you again, Melissa, for calling in. We'll take a bit of a music break and then we'll get back to a few more news stories. Thank you.
5: Of this. I'm a bag of dicks, put me to your lips. I am sick, I will punch a baby bear in his shit. Give me lip, I'ma send you to the yard. Get a stick, make a switch. I can end the conversation real quick. I am crack, I ain't lying. Kick a lion in this crack. I'm the shit, I will fall off in your crib. Take a
4: shit, hit your mama on the boot booty, kick your dog, fuck your bitch. Bad boy dressed up like. We will cut
5: a frowny face in your chest, little wench. I'm a mention of refresh, I'm a minch. Get yeah, correct, I will walk into a court while it wreck screaming, yes. I am guilty, motherfuckers, I am dead." Hey, you wanna hear a good joke? Nobody speak, nobody get choked. Flame throw your fuck shit to Funyons. Flame your crew quicker than Trump fucks his youngest. Now face the flame fuckers your fame and fate's gone. With. I Charlie Brown, Peppermint, Patty, Linus, and Lucy Put coke in the doobie, Rawoolies to smoke with Snoopy. I still remain that dick rabbit slacker to spill the Wookie. Cause the total the tooley murder you, friggin' Mooleys.
0: Fuck outta here.
5: What can I say? We top-billing it. Valiant without villainy, it. Viciously found victory. Burnt towns and villages. Burning, looting and pillaging. Murderers try to hurt us. We curse them and all that children I just want the bread and bologna bundles to tuck away. I don't work for free. I am barely giving a fuck away. So tell Big and Johnny and Mommy to get the fuck away. Yo, here's a gun, son. Now run. Get it the gut away. Live to shoot another day.
1: And welcome back to the Weekly Review. We're listening to the very end of the song called Interference Fits by the band called Perfect Pussy. And before that, we heard DJ Shadow featuring Run the Jewels with Nobody Speak. This is Roman. We're here at Mutiny Radio here in the Mission District. Coming up at 2 p.m. will be Global Val with Women's Magazine. Followed by the Common Thread Collective. Also here at Mutiny Radio, there's the Comedy Festival coming up next weekend. Uh, It'll be March weekend? Week! March 1st through the 5th here at Mutiny Radio. You can check out all of the featured acts who will be here at mutinyradio.fm. So please do check that out. And you can also listen live online at mutinyradio.fm. Lots of new shows here at the station as well, so giving a, a brief plug for the station. Come by. Also, as some of you folks know, this is a... We're looking for donations here at Muni Radio, and for the weekly review. I'm happy to do this show because that's my heart. Uh, it means a lot to me to be able to provide a space for folks to speak their truth and share information. And of course, we don't have any real corporate sponsors here. Not that I would even necessarily accept them. I guess it depends on the corporation, but most likely no. So if you happen to be someone who has some capital lying around and or you work for a small business that we would like to help us advertise... And that does good work within the community. Um, perhaps we can work out an arrangement. Happy to be able to help one another. So, yeah, always, unfortunately, we have to, while we still have under capitalism, uh, one needs current, doesn't need, I guess. Ugh. See, this is why I'm not a salesperson. Long story short, if you're able to help financially donate to the show, The Weekly Review, get in touch with me. It would be much appreciated. So coming up, we got a few news stories, and then we will be ending the show. And wanted to just end on, well, uh, first of all, there's a lot of violence towards trans folks. This has been ongoing for a long time. So first of all, to need to have a moment of silence for another woman who was murdered. Uh, she was 24 years old and her name was Kiki Collier and she was in Chicago. So it's, this is another unfortunately recurring story that we have on the show and The violence needs to stop. I don't know what other words to say about it other than just to provide a space and for and just to recognize that these are people who continue to be taken from us because they are able to live in the world authentically and beautifully. And some people just cannot quite accept that. And that's that's so that's just it's so disgusting and disturbing. So just wanting to send a lot of love out to everyone who knew uh, Kiki Collier and everyone who knew her and loved her and her spirit and her energy. And just we'll have a moment of silence uh, for a few moments. I look forward to a day when this no longer happens. So for folks who are paying attention, or whether or not you are paying attention, it's just a fact that uh, the current administration decided they're not going to follow suit with, uh, or follow the instructions that trans youth are able to use the bathrooms that they want to use, which is, it's abuse. There's no other word for it. It's abuse and it's disgusting. And also, when we look at the I don't even want to quote any of the people in power because they just speak untruths and they, it's their language is problematic and really hurtful and they're the ones causing the harm. So I want to say that I'm grateful for all the folks who are standing up, all the trans activists out there, who are creating actions and rallies. There was one here in San Francisco yesterday at five p.m. outside City Hall. Gwen Park, Danny Castro, and many other folks were the ones who helped organize that. And wanting to pay tribute to the folks who do that and all the hard work that it takes. So wanting to say thank you for that and getting the word out. And there were hundreds of people there, and that was really incredible. And they really focused it on uh, trans youth of color and provided them a place to speak and to share their stories with everyone. And I was very grateful for that. And a trans flag was raised over City Hall. Not the big, not way on top, but there was one. They have a couple flags. I saw them... There was someone who was removing the American flag. They didn't, they didn't burn it. They did remove it, though. And they put up a trans flag, which was great. And uh, it was great to see so many people come through. There was the media. And there were just a lot of folks there. And grateful, again, for the organizers, for setting it up, and for putting in the work and the energy. It's really difficult to advocate for oneself. It's labor. It's emotional labor. It's physical labor. And ideally, we should get to a point where... We, we don't have to argue for our own humanity where other folks can say, Hey, listen, don't, we all need to be treated equally. And it shouldn't be up to trans folks for, for us to have to explain why we deserve equal rights, why we deserve to be listened to. And we all know our bodies better than anyone else knows our bodies yet. And especially with, with youth they're not listened to. So it's really crucial uh, for folks, uh, encourage cis folks to stand up for us you hear something transphobic, shut it down immediately. Do some educating so we don't have to. <sighs> so that's that's my little speech for for the moment. And again, thank you to everyone and recognizing the elders and everyone who has been around. So we're able to do this. So I'm able to even exist and do this show. It's I don't take it for granted at all. <sighs> So really wanting to put that out there and just extend my gratitude for everyone who is creating the spaces and really protecting and looking out for the youth. And hopefully folks who do work in schools will realize that and recognize that the youth, they know themselves better than any of us do. So thank you for that. It's it's, it's ongoing. It really is ongoing. So there's another story here and I feel like there was something else along the the trans uh angle, not an angle. <laughs> sometimes language falls short when we talk about things that are really important to us and there's so much to say and uh sometimes they come up short. <sighs> there are, there's something else and perhaps I will get to it in the next 10 minutes or so. It'll it'll spark. It'll spark up. In the meantime, oh, yes, it's it's unrelated. I'll get to it. So the next two stories are going to be uh, about positive things happening, and again, on this show, on a news program, the positive things quite often are people responding to the negative things in a good way. So how do we shut down what's harmful in the world? And uh, this article comes from the Santa Fe Reporter, so I've got I know some friends in Santa Fe, and that's one positive thing about social media is that we end up staying in contact with folks from different places in the world, in the country, and just hearing about what's happening in other cities with the hope that it'll inspire other cities to do the same. So I've heard that Miami has given up its sanctuary status. Don't know if that's completely accurate. We heard that that's fucking shitty and terrible boo. However, Santa Fe has not, and they've strengthened it. So again, this comes from the Santa Fe reporter. If you go to sfreporter.com, uh, sanctuary strengthened. And this article came out on February 22nd and was written by Stephen say, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing that name. Uh, City Council Unanimously Approves Resolution Protecting Undocumented Immigrants. And the article goes, words matter. The word sanctuary isn't found in Santa Fe's policy, but a resolution unanimously adopted on Wednesday affirms and strengthens the city's approach to the treatment of immigrants. Seven city councilors plus... uh, Mayor Javier Gonzalez voted for the resolution, which includes provisions to expand language access services and prohibit Santa Fe from enrolling in E-Verify, a federal program that cross-checks employee information with the Department of Homeland Security databases. Uh, Councilor Peter Ives was absent on a trip to Washington, D.C. The new policy also reaffirms Santa Fe's commitment to being a welcoming community for immigrants and refugees. You guys all have the power to change our lives, said Nelson Lopez, an immigrant addressing counselors before the resolution passed. Tomorrow we become stronger as a community. It reaffirms my belief that Santa Fe's family, said Mayor Gonzalez, like many others in the room with tears in his eyes. We look out for one another. The room erupted in cheers with each vote in favor of the resolution. Si se puede chanted a group of elated supporters in the back of the room as they jumped in a huddle. There's a really lovely photo here uh, featured in in the article. Wednesday evening's vote comes the day after President 45 unveiled a plan to ramp up deportations, which vastly expands the definition of quote-unquote criminal alien. Oh, fuck him. And encourages local police officers to help federal deportation authorities. President Obama, whose administration deported more than 2 million undocumented immigrants, focused on violent offenders... By approving the sanctuary resolution, the city council capped off a month-long, month, months-long saga tinged with political bickering. Councillor Michael Harris earlier this month offered an alternate resolution that reaffirmed the city's commitment to the rule of law and highlighted stats showing sanctuary cities have lower crime rates. Harris introduced his proposal after criticizing Somos Un Pueblo Unido, the immigrant advocacy organization, for flooding a town hall in his district an action he described as hijacking. But the dueling resolutions seemed to merge this weekend. SFR spotted Harris working on the proposal with uh, Mestis and Villarreal at a coffee shop. Harris's suggestions were folded into the resolution Wednesday night through an amendment unanimously approved by the body. The drumbeat towards tonight's vote kicked off shortly after Trump's, sorry I said his name, 45's victory on election night, which raised fears that the vehemently anti-immigrant president, President, will carry out his plan to withhold federal funding from sanctuary cities. Mayor Gonzalez became something of a national figure, appearing on cable news networks defending Santa Fe's immigration policies during final months of President Obama's administration. The vote followed an emotional public comment session, which have become routine for every committee meeting on this resolution. As they did for previous meetings, supporters wore yellow flyers, uh, pinned to their shirts with the message, Sanctuary equals a stronger city for all. Lawyers, religious leaders, educators, advocates, public officials, business owners, and immigrants all spoke in favor of the resolution. Locals filled the council chambers to capacity, spilling out into the hallway. I invite you to visit our schools and let the children know this town embraces them, said Miguel Acosta, a family and community engagement specialist at Santa Fe Public Schools. This is my kind of town. Lately, they've been very scared, said Allegra Love, an immigration lawyer of her clients, and your decision will go a long way to make them feel safer and loved in a country that has turned against them. This is a we the people moment in America, and you have made Santa Fe a part of that, said Walter Friedenberg. Former Santa Fe mayor David Koss also showed up to support the resolution, as he has done during previous public comment sessions, choking up during his address to the council. I was just going to leave it to the younger generation and go fishing, Cost told SFR, but times are too serious. We need to resist, and I've been greatly encouraged by who is participating. Ah, there are good news stories. Thank goodness. <sighs> So there's a couple oh, a of other things I wanted to get to. Um, one is there have been continuing to be uh, bomb threats at a lot of JCCs, Jewish community centers across the country. And also there is a cemetery, a Jewish cemetery um, outside of St. Louis, which was attacked. And a Muslim group has fundraised enough money to to fix it to fix all the damage that was done. So really wanted to comment on that and to say that it is people kind of coming together, even though what's happening is disastrous and frightening and scary and terrible, that there are folks coming together to help one another. Uh, another a um, brief uh, note is that uh, CPS, the Chicago Public Schools, um, have told principals not to allow immigration officials into schools without a warrant. So that's something else about folks standing up for each other, and we need to have much more of that. Uh, in regard to the whole transgender uh, the. With Title IX updates in regards to what can happen with schools, uh, the transgender the National Center for Transgender Equality had a video uh, that they posted on February twenty second, that was Wednesday, that has more information on it and they answer some questions. So if folks are looking to hear more information about how that might affect schools and what people can do. You can check out this video from the National Center for Transgender Equality. We've posted it on the weekly review webpage if you go to Facebook.com slash weekly rev, and it's about a half hour long video. There's also footage, um, Unicorn Riot has provided footage from the eviction of the Standing Rock camp, so for folks to uh, to, to see that as well. And again, there was a, a sign that was posted outside the camp that says, truth with an arrow pointing towards the protesters, and fear with an arrow pointing towards the military forces who were there to remove them. Uh. So wanting to, to share that as well. And as we we're wrapping up here, I um, wanted to also. Oh, goodness. There's another story, but it's about the oil industry being evil. But do we really need even more information on that? Do we need more evidence on that? I think a lot of us already know. I'll leave with a sound clip from a town hall meeting. And. I appreciate folks who, who stand up and yell at uh, a lot of these really oppressive people in power. I think that's great. And we all have the power and the energy to do that. So as far as health care goes, there's a lot of folks who are in the process. I mean, I feel like not even enough people are covered in the first place. And we should ideally live in a place where everyone gets their basic needs met. And it's, it's all about harm reduction too. The more care people have, the less the less pain there will be down the road. And everyone deserves care. It's uh, are we even still? Why do we even have to still argue about it? And unfortunately, we live in a society where people in positions of power don't believe that people should have the care that they need and deserve. So there's a clip that's been going around. And it's from CNN, and I recognize CNN's problematic. And at the same time, this is a pretty righteous uh, person speaking up, so I wanted to share that. And so this was a town hall from uh, Senator... Tom Cotton in Arkansas, in an Arkansas town hall, and it's, you know, people are righteously angry, and I want to encourage more folks to speak up, especially against people in in positions of power. And you can also hear from this clip how people just are in support of what she's saying. So I'll play this clip, and then I'll end with another song. Thanks everyone for listening. Thank you again to Melissa Gutierrez for calling in and sharing all of your information and ideas and history with us. Really appreciate it. Stay tuned. Coming up next will be women's magazine with global Val. And again, we are the weekly review at mutiny radio. If you'd like to support us, find our page, uh, send me a message and hope everyone has a wonderful week. Take care of each other, resist, continue fighting the system and creating other ways of being. And we will be back here next Friday. Take care, everybody
3: with dementia, Alzheimer's, plus multiple, multiple other things. And you want to stand there with him at home. Expect us to be calm, cool, and collective. Wow, what kind of insurance do you have?